Heavenly Father Yahweh, we thank you for another day of life, and we thank you for letting us be able to gather here tonight. Father, forgive us for our sins and for our iniquity and for all our transgressions. Father, we pray that you just guide us through this Torah portion and pray that you give us understanding and clarity of your scripture and what you want us to know, Father. Thank you for everything. Thank you for your son, Yeshua. Through Yeshua's name, we pray to the Heavenly Father Yahweh, the Elohim of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was that Ezra? Information from the Will you be reading from the HCSB? Um, or version? I can. Which version are you going to? I was just going to do TS-2009. <laughs> it doesn't matter to me, though. Sounds good. I'll use, I'll tell you what, I'll go to the NRSB. <clears throat> this is 13. Oh, this one has pictures. The Sinai Peninsula. All right. Starting in verse 17. It says, When Pharaoh let the people go, God not, did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. Although, hang on. Although that was near, for God thought if the people face war, they may change their mind and return to Egypt. So God led the people by the roundabout way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of the land of Egypt, prepared for battle. And Moses took with him the bones of Joseph, who had required a solemn oath of the Israelites, saying, God will surely take notice of you, and then you must carry my bones with you from here. They set out from Sikoth and camped at Etham, on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord went in front of them in a pillar of cloud by day to lead them along the way, and in a pillar of fire by night to give them light, so that they might travel by day and night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. That's the end of chapter 13. I think it was very um, intelligent on his behalf. If they would have went to war immediately after leaving, they probably would have got discouraged. Which, yeah, one of my <laughs> one of my favorite passages coming up. May have any comments? I wonder if I should pull this up on Facebook and see if they ask questions there.
All right, chapter 14. <clears throat> Try to organize my screen. All right, chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of, oh Lord, Pihaharoth, between Migdal and the sea, and in front of Baal Zephon. You shall camp opposite it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has closed in on them. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, so that I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the minds of Pharaoh and his officials were changed toward the people, and they said, What have we done, letting Israel leave our service? So he had his chariot made ready and took with and took his army with him. He took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out boldly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his chariot drivers and his army. They overtook them camped by the sea by Pihaharoth. In front of Baal Zephon. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and they were and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because we there were no graves in Egypt that you had taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is it is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward, but you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry ground. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And so I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his chariot drivers. The angel of God, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud uh, moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel, and so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them. All of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers, all the morning, watch. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army, and he threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their char chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. 
the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant, Moses. Almost sounds like a parallel for today, what we're going through. Nothing's changed. Thank you for reading my mind. <laughs> Amen. You have to believe and follow Moses then. You have to believe and follow Yeshua now. Well, not just that. Instead of turning back and serving, you know, <clears throat> those who we should not serve. Instead of giving up, we need to continue on. I agree. Anybody have any comments about this? What was the timeline with, um, okay, so they went to Babylon first, correct? And then went to Egypt. Is that right? Uh, no, they were just in Egypt. I mean, well, Babylon made its kingdom, but that was in Noah's time. What I'm saying is... The Tower of Babel and Nimrod. And they went right. to Egypt willingly, though, and it wasn't... At that time, it wasn't necessarily bad because the Pharaoh of Egypt had Joseph in the highest position. He was his chief governor or whatever you want to call it. Okay, and they were held there initially. After, yeah, the next Pharaoh came in and conquered Egypt. And held them for 400 years. Yeah, and then... Well... Yeah, something like that, because there was two pharaohs in the time of Moses. There was the one that raised him, and then there was the one that he just escaped from. Okay, there so then the Talmud came in. Never. <laughs> the Babylonian practices with Daniel came later. Yeah, it would have been later. 
Babylon was established in the time of Nimrod, though. This is the Tower mm -hmm. of Babel. Babylon. Right. Mm -hmm. That's why I think that all of it's kind of synonymous. I believe that Babylon's just an institution of government or governing. Yep. I don't. I don't think that it's necessarily just a place. That's why I, I think that when it says at the end, you know, come out of my people, talking about Babylon. Yeah. That it's just it's the the beast system, as everybody likes to call it. Yeah. Those that do believe in the Oratora believe that the Oratora was given at Mount Sinai. Yeah. Which I don't believe was given at Mount Sinai. For one, just a whole bunch of rabbis usually telling them what they believe and think. I mean. The, Telling everyone what they believe and think about the Torah. Yeah. Basically, just like Dustin or me giving our opinion on what we believe it's saying. Well, how would that even be possible if it had just been given? Right. Okay. <laughs> That's and the then whole point. How long were they there after it was given? Uh, you know, I'm not sure how any of that works because that, so basically, <laughs> if it was given at Sinai. So you're telling me he gave two institutions. He gave the law itself and then gave an understanding of the law all at the same time. I don't I don't know how that makes sense. Because that's what the Talmud is. It is like he said, a bunch of rabbinic individuals who say that this is how we interpret this passage in the Torah. Well, it would have all been real fresh back then. How long were they, did they remain in the desert after it was given to them? What the, the Torah Israel? or the Talmud? No, Israel. Okay, so the the mm -hmm. The laws were brought down on Mount Sinai. Did they all disperse immediately afterwards and go on, or were they there no. for a few more years? Did they, they have time? They were in the wilderness for forty years. Right. Um, At what point in that forty years was the law given? It was given at Mount Sinai before the, I believe they get, began the forty years. Correct. It was before the forty years, yes. So they were they were in the wilderness for more than forty years, I believe. I haven't put it together. Was. I was say I haven't put together an exact um, amount of time, and I don't recall in the text where it says it. Because you have to figure that they were wondering for a while. All of this just happened, and then when we get to twenty, this is when he goes up. Um, when we get to chapter twenty, this is when. Uh, yeah, I was initially going to tell the entire tour to everybody, but by the time he got done with the Ten Words or the Ten Commands, they were like, oh, man, this is scary. Moses, you go hear the rest of the law and give it to us. And then he's up there for 40 days, and then he comes back down, and yeah. I don't know how long it takes from then to the time that uh, they went was, to the the, that they sent the spies out into the land because that's why they wandered the wilderness for 40 years. I think that it probably wouldn't have been 40 years to begin with, but it was the fact that the individuals 
basically rejected the promised land, save Joshua and Caleb. Uh, they were the only ones that didn't speak ill of it because they weren't scared of the giants. Everybody else was like, oh, no, they're giant people, and we look like ants to them. Joshua and Caleb were like, so? <laughs> <laughs> and so because of that and because all the people started listening to the 12 spies, the 12 people, again, minus Joshua and Caleb, died that day, and then everybody else had to die off uh, until the next generation, because the whole point was they said that they will enslave our children. And God said, okay, you guys are all going to die off, and it will be your children that go into the promised land because you have provoked me. Hmm. Again, another parallel. Interesting. There's nothing new under the sun. Oh, I know. We're going to go on to chapter 15. <clears throat> this is a song of Moses. And one of my favorite passages. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my might, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. That's my favorite, one of my favorite Bible verses. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he cast into the sea. His picked officers were sunk in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrew your adversaries. You sent out your fury. It consumed them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap. The deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My, de my desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in splendor, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. In your steadfast love, you led the people whom you redeemed. You guided them by your strength to your holy abode. The peoples heard, they trembled. Pangs seized the inhabitants of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom were dismayed. Trembling seized the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan melted away. Terror and dread fell upon them. By the might of your arm, they became still as a stone. Until your people... O Lord, passed by until the people whom you acquired passed by. You brought them in and planted them on the mountain of your own possession, the place, O Lord, that you make your abode, or that you made your abode, the sanctuary, O Lord, that your hands have established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. 
When the horses of Pharaoh with his chariots and his chariot drivers went into the sea, the Lord brought, brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and with dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. Then Moses ordered Israel to set out from the Red Sea, and they went into the wilderness of Shur. They went three days in the wilderness and found no water. When they came to Merah, they could not drink the waters of Merah because it was bitter. That is why it is called Merah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? He cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. There the Lord made for them a statue and an ordinance, and there he put them to the test. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give heed to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will not bring upon you any of the diseases that I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And they came to Elam, where there were twelve springs of water and seventy palm trees, and they camped there by the water. That was the name of my church when I was growing up, Elam. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. I never knew that that was the, why it was named that. It says, it says, or a tree. Showed him a piece of wood or a tree. I was just curious about that. <clears throat> Any comments? So putting the, the tree in the water helps cure it from diseases? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it just says it was bitter and it became sweet when the tree went in the water. Hmm. I don't know if that's a I don't know that the water was diseased right I guess I, I didn't mean it that way I meant um, it was bitter and it got sweet <laughs> so I believe that that's what happens with whiskey when you change it in barrels comes sweeter mm-hmm It loses a lot of its bitter notes, I should say. And then, yeah, it, it becomes sweet instead of bitter. Mm -hmm. Not that I would know or anything. You're in Kentucky, right? <laughs> or Tennessee. I am. Both said, did someone say whiskey? I'm in Kentucky. Kentucky. The, the, well, there's a lot of that out there, isn't there? That's where the they yeah. they make the a lot of the whiskey, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. I thought. <laughs> we're this is like the bourbon capital of the world. That's what I thought.
All right, <clears throat> I'm going to chapter 16. The whole congregation of the Israelites set out from Elam, and Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and against and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Then we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way, I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. This is important. Pay attention. Pay close attention. <laughs> On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron, yeah, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? <laughs> For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather as much of it as each of you needs, an omer to a person according to the number of persons, all providing for those in their own tents. The Israelites did so, some gathering more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, those who gathered much had no nothing over, and those who gathered little had no shortage. They gathered as much as each of them needed. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over until morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it until morning, and it bred worms and became foul. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, as much as needed, as each needed. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much food, two omers apiece. When all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow, seventh day. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you want to bake, and boil what you want to boil, and all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they put it aside until morning, as Moses commanded them, 
and it did not become foul, and there was no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day some of the people went out to gather, and they found none. The Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you food for two days. Each of you stay where you are. Do not leave your place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. The house of Israel called it manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like waters made with honey. With honey, excuse me. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, in order that they may see the food which I have fed you in the wilderness. When I brought you out of the land of Egypt, and Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the covenant for safekeeping. The Israelites ate manna 40 years until they came to the inhabitable land. They ate manna until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. And it says an omer is the tenth of an aphah. And the reason I said pay attention, that this is important, <laughs> is because if you backtrack just a little bit there, and verse 23 of chapter 16, tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath. Bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. So you're baking a portion and you're boiling a portion. And there's a portion that is not cooked. The portion that is not cooked is saved until the next day. And that portion, unlike other days, because if you go up in the passage, he said that um, some of them saved some for the morning or for the following morning uh, on a day that was not the Sabbath and it bred worms. But on the sixth day, they cooked what they wanted to cook and they baked what they wanted to bake. And whatever they did not bake, they saved. And that was for the next day. And then the next day, and it did not breed, breed worms. But on the seventh day, it was still cooked. Therefore, contrary to popular belief, it is acceptable to cook on the Sabbath. What is not acceptable is to gather on the Sabbath. And this is why it even goes on in the passage and says that the people went out on the Sabbath to go gather. And he said, how long will, will you not keep my commandments? <laughs> And then they're like, oh, he was serious. And then they rested on the Sabbath. It always amazes me. They seem like spoiled. Yeah, that's that's all of us, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's that's Israel. I mean, he's sending he's sending Anna from heaven and they're questioning it. Yeah. <laughs> and then later complain about it it sounds good though honestly if you read that it said the house of israel called it manna it was like coriander seed white and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey that sounds delicious yeah it does <laughs> i don't think they realized what they had 
can you imagine being out in the wilderness like that on pilgrimage and your God is giving you food to eat and you're out there gathering it, complaining about it? Yeah. I was reading some of the commentary. All right. We're going to chapter 17, and we're going to read to verse 16. <clears throat> it says, From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages, as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, what shall I do with this people? They are, most, they are almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the, or strike the rock and the water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massa and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, Is the Lord among us or not? Then Amalek came out and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, Choose some men for us and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hand grew weary, so they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. <laughs> Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, so his hands were steady until the sun set, and Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a reminder in a book and recite it in the hearing of Joshua. I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called it, The Lord is my banner. He said, a hand upon the banner of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Sorry, I just thought that was funny. Who is Amalek today? I don't remember. I think I remember saying that once, but I can't remember who it is. Hey. 
<laughs> I was just joking. They said he saw early blot out the remembrance family from under heaven. I don't remember. Oh, I get it now. <laughs> but if they're from generation to generation, that means they're still around. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the Amalekites. Maybe I really don't remember. Who are the Amalekites? Interesting. This is constructing an altar may be a third commemorative act. Interesting. I don't know. We're going to circle back to that. Okay, Jen. Very well may be brought up again in the store portion, though. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go to Judges 4, that's 4 through 531. 4, 4 through 531. <clears throat> it says, at that time, Deborah, a prophetess, wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites came up to her for judgment. She sent and summoned Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go take position at Mount Tabor, bringing 10,000 from the tribe of Naphtali and the tribe of Zebulun. I will draw out Caesarea and general, the general of Jabin's army to meet you by the Wadi Kishon, with his chariots and his troops. I will give him into your hand. Barak said to her, If you will go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory. For the Lord will sell Caesarea into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah got up and went with Barak to Kadesh. Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh, and 10,000 warriors went up behind him, and Deborah went up with him. Now Heber, the Canaanite, had separated from the other Canaanites, that is, the descendants of Hobab, the father-in-law of Moses, and had encamped as far as, oh, good Lord, <laughs> Elon Bezananan, I mean, Elon Bezanani, okay, which is near Kadesh. 
Good Lord. When Cesaro had told or was told that Barak, son of Abinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Cesaro called out all his chariots, 900 chariots of iron, and all the troops who were with him from Herosheth Hagoyim to the Wadi Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day on which the Lord has given Caesarea into your hand. The Lord is indeed going out before you. So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 warriors following him. And the Lord threw Caesarea and all his chariots and all his army into a panic before Barak. Caesarea got down from his chariot and fled away on foot, while Barak pursued the chariots and the army of Herosheth Hagoyim, or Goim, all the army of Caesarea fell by the sword. No one was left. Now Caesarea had fled on foot to the tent of Jael, or Yael, wife of Haber, the Canaanite, for there was peace between King Jabin of Hazor and on the clan of Habor, the Canaanite. Jael came out to meet Caesarea and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me. Have no fear. So he turned aside to her in the tent, and she covered him with a rug. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him. He said to her, Stand at the entrance of the tent, and if anyone comes and asks you, Is anyone here? Say, No. But Jael, wife of Haber, took a tent peg and took a hammer in her hand and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple until it went down to the ground. He was lying fast asleep from weariness, and he died. Then as Barak came in pursuit of Caesarea, Jael went out to meet him and said to him, Come, and I will show you the man whom you are seeking. So he went into her tent, and there was Caesarea lying dead with the tent peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued King Jabin of Canaan before the Israelites. Then the hand of the Israelites bore harder and harder on King Jabin of Canaan until they destroyed King Jabin of Canaan. It's on, on through chapter five. <clears throat> brutal. Huh? That was a little brutal. No. I think it was very sweet. No. She, came, she, she came to him Not so brutal. ever so softly and just drove a tent peg into his temple. That's it's all fine. Wow. <laughs> I'm a ride or die for God. Pretty much. Pretty much. Just as the Levites, which I think is the next portion. I don't know. That's a few portions away. All right, I'm going to continue. <clears throat> then Deborah and Barak, son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, When locks are long in Israel, when the people offer themselves willingly, bless the Lord. Hear, O kings, give ear, O princes, to the Lord I will sing. I will make melody to the Lord, the God of Israel. Lord, 
when you went out from Seir, when you marched from the region of Edom, the earth trembled, and the heavens poured, the clouds indeed poured water, the mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai, before the Lord, the God of Israel, in the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, caravans ceased and travelers kept to the byways. The peasantry prospered in Israel. They grew fat on plunder because you arose. Deborah arose as a mother in Israel. When new gods were chosen, then war was in the gates. Was shield or spear to be seen among 40,000 in Israel? My heart goes out to the commanders of Israel who offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless the Lord. Tell of it, you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on rich carpets, and you who walk by the way, to the sound of musicians at the watering places. There they repeat the triumphs of the Lord, the triumphs of his peasantry in Israel. Then down to the gates marched the people of the Lord. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, lead away your captives, O son of Abinoam. Then down marched the remnant of the noble. The people of the Lord marched down for him against the mighty. From Ephraim they set out into the valley, following you, Benjamin, with your kin. From Machir marched down the commanders, and from Zebulun those who bear the martial staff, the chiefs of Issachar, came with Deborah and Issachar, faithful to Barak. Into the valley they rushed out at its heels, at his heels, among the clans of Reuben. There were great searching of searchings of heart. Why did you tarry among the sheepfolds to hear the piping for the flocks? Among the clans of Reuben, there were great searchings of heart. Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan, and Dan, why did he abide with the ships? Asher sat still at the coast of the sea, settling down by his landing. Zebulun is a people that scorned death, Naphtali too, on the heights of the field. The kings came, they fought, then fought the kings of Canaan at Tanakh, by the waters of Megiddo. They got no spoils of silver. The stars fought from heaven. From their courses, they fought against Caesarea. The torrent, Kishon, swept them away. The onrushing torrent, the torrent Kishon, march on, my soul, with might. Then loud beat, then loud beat the horse's hoofs with the galloping, galloping of his steeds. Curse Morose, says the angel of the Lord, curse bitterly its inhabitants, because they did not come to help the people or help the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women, BJL, the wife of Haber the Canaanite. Of tent-dwelling women most blessed. He asked water, and she gave him milk. She brought him curds in a lordly bowl. She put her hand to the tent peg, and her right hand to the workman's mallet. She struck Caesarea a blow. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. I like this song. He sank. He fell. He lay still at her feet. At her feet he sank. He fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead. Out of the window... She peered. The mother of Caesarea gazed through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why tarry the hoofbeats of his chariots? Her wisest ladies make answer. Indeed, she answers the question herself. Are they not finding and dividing the spoil? A girl or two for every man? 
Spoil of dyed stuffs for Cesara. Spoil of dyed stuffs embroidered. Two pieces of dyed work embroidered from my neck as a spoil. So perish all your enemies, O Lord. But may your friends be like the sun as it rises in its might. And the land had rest 40 years. Boom. Perish all your enemies, O Lord, but may your friends be like the sun as it rises in its might. I like that. Shalom to anyone joining by means of Facebook or to actual Zoom meeting itself. I'm trying to put all the verses in right now for the people watching. Someone was asking. I was going to say, why don't you just share the flyer? It won't let you on live. It won't let you just share it in there. I don't really? think. I don't believe so. Uh, never mind. Pay no mind to me. We're going to go on to Isaiah. Isaiah 4. That's just 2 through 6. It says, On that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and glory of the survivors of Israel. Whoever is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy, everyone who has been recorded for life in Jerusalem. Once the Lord has washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning. Then the Lord will create over the whole site of Mount Zion and over its places of assembly a cloud by day and smoke and the shining of a flame by flaming fire by night. Indeed, over all the glory there shall be a canopy. It will serve as a pavilion, a shade by day from the heat, and a refuge and a shelter from the storm and rain. I'm going to bounce around just a smidge. We're going to go to 2nd Baruch. It's one of the reasons I like this Bible. It's got everything besides Jubilees in it. I thought I had second Baruch. Why am I not finding it? Hmm. It's all right. 
I the Septuagint and then anyways. Okay, here's all the verses in the chat. Anyone watching? In the Zoom chat or the Facebook chat? The Facebook chat. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't see it pop up. This is still sending. There it is. All right, so we're in second brute now. Second brute. I'm just opening all the Bibles at once. Second Brook. I don't think I have second Brook in this. That's I'm sitting there looking. I'm like, why is. I mean, I know I have it in stuffy. I know sometimes Brook can be broken up to. Um... Sure, it's not just Brook. Uh, it said second Brook when I was putting it together. I know Brook can be broken up to. Um... Sometimes it can be broken up, I believe. That's all right. This is what the stuffer's for. <laughs> no, I'm not one of those people that suffer only either. Just suffer only. I'm not. I don't suffer only. It's not. It's not a thing that I ascribe to. That's just. This is chapter four, two through six. It says, "Do you think that this is that city of which I said on the pole?" Palms of my hands, I have graven you. This building now built in your midst is not that which is revealed with me, that which was prepared beforehand here from the time when I took counsel to make paradise and showed it to Adam before he sinned. But when he transgressed the commandment, it was removed from him as also paradise. It's talking about Eden. And after these things, I showed it to my servant Avraham by night among the portions of the victims. And again, as I showed it to Moshe on Mount Sinai, when I showed to him the likeness of the tabernacle and all its vessels. And now behold, it is preserved with me, as also paradise. Go therefore and do as I command you. Paradise is also, that's it's a rendering of uh, Eden. What is it though? I can't remember what it said, but it's some of them called it the Orchard of Paradise or something like that. Or, or yeah, it, it could go either way. It's Orchard of, of Paradise or Pleasure or um, Garden of Eden. We just know it as the Garden of Eden. So. Anyhow. We'll go to Wisdom of Solomon. I like the Wisdom of Solomon.
see Wisdom of Solomon 10. Jim 13 to 21. Also, after this, anyone that's, I don't know, got TikTok, probably going to go live after this. You're going to go live? Mm-hmm. I'll go live with you. Talking about the oral, uh, discussing the oral law. Open discussion for people to come on and talk about it, whether, okay. whether it stands we'll or not. That. We'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> Obviously, I think uh, position doesn't stand, but... I'm going to, I guess for this portion, I'm going to stick with the Septuagint for Wisdom of Solomon 10, 19. I'm going to jump over to Jeremiah 31 because this passage is exclusively be written from the Septuagint. Everybody will see why in a minute. Wisdom of Solomon 10, verse 15 through 21. It says, Wisdom rescued this holy people and blameless seed out of a nation of oppressors. She entered into the soul of the servant of the Lord and stood against fearsome kings and wonders and signs. She paid the holy ones the reward of their labors. She led them in a wonderful road and became for them a shelter by day and a flame of stars by night. She carried them across the Red Sea and led them through much water. But she flooded their enemies and she threw them up out of the depths of the abyss. Because of this, the righteous plundered the ungodly. And they sang hymns, Lord, to your holy name. And they praised your defending hand with one accord, because wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and made the tongues of infants clear. And then 19, 1 through 9. It says, But merciless wrath was set against the ungodly until the end, for he had also known their future that they, when they had turned to let loose and had sent, for, sent them forth with haste, they would pursue them because they felt regret for still having grief in hands and lamenting at the graves of the dead. They were drawn in by another foolish decision, and those they had asked and thrown out, they pursued these as fugitives, for the deserved distress was drawing them to this end. And it threw them into forgetfulness of what had happened, so that they might fill up the punishment lacking in their torments. And your people might experience an unusual journey, but those people might find a strange death. For the whole creation was fashioned again anew in its own kind, serving its commands, so that your children might be kept without harm. The cloud was overshadowing the camp, and they emergence of dry land from where the water was seen before, an unhindered path out of the Red Sea, and a green field out of the violent wave, through which those protected by your hand passed through as a whole nation, having seen amazing wonders. For they ranged like horses and leaped like lambs, praising you, Lord, who delivers them. <clears throat> and like I said, we're going to go to 
Yermiyahu, the prophet Jeremiah. And if you're reading out of the Septuagint, it's chapter 38. If you're reading the Masoretic, it's 31. And it's 31, 7 through 14. You want to pull it up um, on screen, maybe, so people can see it? No. If you pull up on Bible Hub, it'll actually show the verses side by side, and it'll show you that, how they're off. I was just, just going to do eSword and do the, I can do the compare text there. Sure. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can do that. Never mind. Duh. Don't mind me. Um, actually, I might not be able to. Give me a second, though. I'll see. I can share a screen, though. It won't mess well, your stuff gonna, up. I was going to say, it depends on if Jeremiah 31 is correct in the Britons. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it, I think it's 38 in there. If I'm not mistaken. I'm going to check. Then wouldn't it be the same on Bible Hub? Well, no, I don't know. Let's see. Where are they going here? Um, Brenton. Jeremiah. All you gotta do is go to thirty-one, thirty-one. No, it's different. Yep. It's definitely different. So, yeah, you could actually pull them up side by side and you could show how it's different. And then just go to the text afterwards. But Bible Hub actually shows you the verses and they're different. Hey, you guys. I'm going to sign off for tonight. Okay, Peace I love you. Chicken grease. <laughs> love you. <laughs> Okay, bye. Yeah, I would pull that up so people can actually see it. Uh, I don't feel like it. No, they're not. Can you check the Facebook feed and see who's looking that way? Um, let's still see. I want to see if it pops up with the share. Yep. And so we can see the share too. All right. I've just seen it now. All right. Yep, I don't know how it. big it is for them, but all right. I'm just going to read from seven. Maybe you should do it. <laughs> Because I can't scroll and read at the same time. So I'm just going to read from her. You share. You share, sir. Okay. I'm going to share from here then. One second. I'll have it up for you. 
Let's look at the resources. And then go into this. Do Jeremiah. Da, 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 da. Sorry, guys. We're just waiting on Micah. Sorry, I'm not as fast. Technology, my bad. <laughs> That's why Dustin does all that stuff. Okay, now I'm screen share. Let me zoom in. Share screen. You need to let me um, share though. Give me permission to share. Did you ask for permission? Uh, no, you just go to my, um, my gosh, sorry, my dog. Go to my, my my screen, whatever. Click on me. Mm -hmm. Little dots, and you can give me permission. Or no, actually, you go to share screen. I'm sorry. Go down where it says share screen, and you can choose the participants to allow them to share. Try it. There we go. There you go. Alright. You're starting the what verse? Seven. Seven? Okay. Yep. There you go. So this y'all can see right here it's Jeremiah thirty one. Um that'd be the Masoretic, but it's actually Jeremiah thirty eight seven and um the Septuagint. All right. <clears throat> It says, because this is what the Lord said to Jacob, be cheerful and nay at the head of the nations, making a hearing and giving praise. Say, the Lord saved his people, the remnant of Israel. Look, I myself am bringing them from the north, and I will gather them from the ends of the earth at the feast of Pesach, Passover. And they will give birth to a large crowd, and they will return here. They went out with weeping and I will bring them back with comfort, lodging them by trenches of water on the right path. And they shall not wonder in it, for I have become a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the words of the Lord, O nations, and declare them in the islands far away. Say, he who scattered Israel will gather him and keep him like he who tends his flock, because the Lord has redeemed Jacob, he has delivered him from the hand of those stronger than he, and they will come and be cheerful on Mount Zion, and they will come to the good things of the Lord, to a land of grain and wine and fruit and livestock and sheep, and their souls will be just like a fruitful tree, and they will no longer be hungry. At that time, the virgins will rejoice in the assembly of young men, and the aged women will rejoice, and I will turn their grief to joy and make them cheerful. I will magnify and make the souls of the priests drunk, the sons of Levi, and my people will be filled with my good things. There you go. And uh, just for reference. And so y'all can see back in, um, if y'all have y'all's Bibles with y'all handy, in Jeremiah 31, 
in y'all's Bibles, the Masoretic Version, it doesn't talk about coming back at the Feast of Passover right here. So most people so, assume that he's coming back at the uh, Feast of Trumpets. Yeah. So if you, hold to the if you hold to the Septuagint text for your Old Testament, which in the Old Testament is you know, Septuagint, Masoretic, um, basic ones you have today, it does not say that in your Masoretic. It does not talk about coming back at the Feast of Passover. And if you have an actual, what's saying right here is in 38.8, if you have an actual Septuagint Bible, it's going to show this um, in chapter 38, 31, because they are off like eight chapters and something slipped around. Yeah, when it was put together, they just put it together different. But yeah, and uh, in the Masoretic, it just says, See, I am going to bring them from the land of the north and gather them for the far from the farthest parts of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, those with child and those in labor, a great company they shall return to. A great company is, again, with, when you go to the Septuagint. And let us not forget that the Hebrew Old Testament that we have is not the older translation. The older translation is the Greek Septuagint. It was originally written in Greek after uh, the Second Temple destruction. Or I'm sorry, the First Temple destruction. Um 300 BC to 100 BC is when they did the Septuagint text because everything was, that. yeah, it was it was translated down into uh, Greek. Which, if you read Second uh, Esdras, it was it was Ezra the prophet uh, and a few other men that had actually re rewrit down the text because it was burnt up with the destruction of the temple. So it went from the Paleo-Hebrew, and this is also, and this can be confirmed also with um, archaeological finds. Typically, if it's a Paleo-Hebrew text that they find, they attribute it to before the first temple. If it is uh, Greek or it, it's uh, the what we'd call modern Hebrew, uh, they call it second temple. So, just a little fun fact. But we're going to go to Zechariah 2 now. And I've got so many Bibles there. Got some fun, Zechariah. I need to put place markers in one of these books. Probably wouldn't be a bad idea. So where we Malachi. Four Malachi. Yeah. And it's two, one through twelve. So I'll just read the whole thing because this is thirteen. So <clears throat> it says, "I looked up and saw a man with a measuring line in his hand. Then I asked, where are you going?'" He answered me to measure Jerusalem, to see what is, it, what is its width and what is its length. Then the angel who talked with me came forward, and another angel came forward to meet him and said to him, Run, say to that young man, Jerusalem shall be inhabited like villages without walls. 
because of the multitude of people and animals in it. For I will be a wall of fire all around it, says the Lord, and I will be the glory within it. Up, up, flee from the land of the north, says the Lord. For I have spread you abroad like the four winds of heaven, says the Lord. Up, escape to Zion, you that live with daughter Babylon. For thus said the Lord of hosts, after his glory sent me, regarding the nations that plundered you, truly one who touches you, the apple of my eye. See, now I am going to raise my hand against them, and they shall become plunder for their own slaves. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter Zion. For lo, I will come and dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Many nations shall join themselves to the Lord on that day, and shall be my people, and I will dwell in your midst. And you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. The Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land, and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all people, before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. And then we're going to go to Psalm 78. We're going to read some Psalms. Psalm 78. That's 11 through 32. <clears throat> and it says, They forgot what he had done and the miracles that he had shown them. In the sight of their ancestors, he worked marvels in the land of Egypt, in the fields of Zoan. He divided the sea and let them pass through it and made the waters stand like a heap. In the daytime he led them with a cloud, and all night long with a fiery light. He split rocks open in the wilderness, and gave them drink abundantly as from the deep. He made streams come out of the rock, and caused waters to flow down like rivers. Yet they sinned still more against him, rebelling against the Most High in the desert. They tested God in their heart by demanding the food they craved. They spoke against God, saying, Can God spread a table in the wilderness? Even though he struck the rocks so that water gushed out and torrents overflowed, can he also give bread or provide meat for his people? Therefore, when the Lord heard, he was full of rage. A fire was kindled against Jacob. His anger mounted against Israel because they had no faith in God and did not trust his saving power. Yet he commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained down on them manna to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Mortals ate of the bread of angels. He sent them food in abundance. Interesting. He caused the east wind to blow in the heavens, and by his power he let out the south wind. He, he rained flesh upon them like dust, winged birds like the sand of the seas. He let them fall within their camps, all around their dwellings. And they ate and were, were well filled, for he gave them what they craved. But before they had satisfied their craving, while the food was still in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them, and he killed the strongest of them, and laid low the flower of Israel. In spite of all, that, all this, they still, still sinned, and they did not believe in his wonders. And then 
we go to the Jubilees portion. And then on to the New Testament. And that'll be the conclusion. Yeah, New Testament. Favorite part. Just getting all <laughs> over. I like all of it too. Yeah, like this is all of chapter 48 of Jubilees. And it says, And in the sixth year of the third week of the 49th Jubilee, you did depart and dwell in the land of Midian five weeks and one year. And you did return into Egypt in the second week and the second year in the 50th Jubilee. And you yourself know what he spoke unto you on Mount Sinai and what Prince Mastema desired to do with you when you were returning into Egypt on the way when you did meet him at the lodging place. Did he not with all his power seek to slay you and deliver the Egyptians out of your hand when he saw that you were sent to execute judgment and vengeance on the Egyptians? And I delivered you out of his hand, and you did perform the signs and wonders which you were sent to perform in Egypt against Pharaoh and against all his house and against his servants and his people. And the Lord executed a great vengeance on them for Israel's sake and smote them through the plagues of blood and frogs, lice and dog flies, and malignant boils breaking out in blames, and their cattle by death and by hailstones. Thereby he destroyed everything that grew for them, and by locusts which devoured the residue which he had, or which had been left by the hail, and by darkness and by the death of the firstborn of men and animals, and on all their idols the Lord took vengeance and burned them with fire. And everything was sent through your hand that you should declare these things before they were done. And you did speak with the king of Egypt before all the servants and before his people. And everything took place according to your words. Ten great and terrible judgments came on the land of Egypt that you might execute vengeance on it for Israel. And the Lord did everything for Israel's sake, and according to his covenant, which he had ordained with Abraham, that he would take vengeance on them as they had brought them by force into bondage. And the prince of the Mastema stood up against you and sought to cast you into the hands of Pharaoh. And he helped the Egyptian sorcerers, and they stood up and wrought before you. The evils indeed were per permitted them to work. But the remedies we did not allow to be wrought by their hands. And the Lord smote them with malignant ulcers, and they were not able to stand, for we destroyed them so that they could not perform a single sign. And notwithstanding all these signs and wonders, the prince of the Mastema was not put to shame, because he took courage and cried to the Egyptians to pursue after you with all the powers of the Egyptians, with their chariots and with their horses, and with all the hosts of the people of Egypt. And I stood between the Egyptians and Israel, and we delivered Israel out of his hand and out of the hand of his people. Micah, mute yourself. Is there noise coming from over here? I can hear myself talking. <laughs> I wonder why that is. That's weird. Must be something that back, I don't know. I have no clue. It says, all right. And I stood between the Egyptians and Israel, and we delivered Israel out of his hand and out of the hand of his people. And the Lord brought them through the midst of the sea as if it were dry land. And all the peoples whom he brought to pursue after Israel, the Lord of our 
For the Lord our God cast them into the midst of the sea, into the depths of the abyss beneath the children of Israel. Even as the people of Egypt had cast their children into the river, he took vengeance on one million of them. And 1,000 strong and energetic men were destroyed on account of one suckling of the children of your people, which they had thrown into the river. And on the 14th day, and on the 15th, and on the 16th, and on the 17th, and on the 18th, the prince of the Mastema was bound and imprisoned behind the children of Israel, that he might not accuse them. And on the 19th, we let them loose, that they might help the Egyptians and pursue the children of Israel. And he hardened their hearts and made them stubborn. And the device was devised by the Lord our God, that he might smite the Egyptians and cast them into the sea. And on the 14th, we bound him, that he might not accuse the children of Israel. And on the day when they asked the Egyptians for vessels and garments, vessels of silver and vessels of gold, and vessels of bronze in order to despoil the Egyptians in return for the bondage in which they had forced them to serve. And we did not lead out the children of Israel from Egypt empty-handed. That's the Jubilees portion. I'll put this up. Yeah, I might know why. Try talking now and see if it backfeeds. Testing, testing, testing. Nope. I don't hear Thank it's because of my mic. I had we're like, yeah, I had to adjust my mic. It wasn't doing it nonstop, or I would have said it sooner. But there for a second, I just I just kept hearing myself talk, and it was throwing me off. <laughs> I had to just I I just made it where you can. It cancels a lot more things out. We can read Psalms one fifty one. Ooh, you didn't know there was Psalm one fifty one, did you? I'm just kidding. I know you do. All right, Matthew 14. We're going to go to the New Testament. Or the Newer Testament, because this one's old, too. Yeah, this is the Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, this is the Old Testament. Oh, Christ, man, people say that. I mean, technically it is. I don't know why it's called the New Testament when it's like 2,000 years old. <laughs> it's It's old. It's just not the Older Testament. It should all be the Old Testament. Yeah, it's not it's not New World. It's the Testament. That's it. All right, Matthew 14, 22 through 33. It says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was left there alone. But by this time, the boat, by this time, the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately, Yeshua spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus, or Yeshua. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Yeshua immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. 
And it probably says praised in another translation. Just out of curiosity, I'm gonna look. Uh, it says they did bow to him. Hebrews two, one through eight. Hebrews. It's a coffee place. The best name for a coffee place. It is the best name for a coffee place. I would definitely go there just because of the name every time. I've still never tried their coffee. There you. I'll try it eventually. All right, two, one through eight. It says, therefore, we must pay greater attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For if the message declared through angels was valid and every transgression or disobedience received a just penalty, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? It was declared at first through the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard him. While God added his testimony by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Now God did not subject the coming world about which we are speaking to angels, but someone has testified somewhere. What are human beings that you are mindful of them or mortals that you care for them? You have made them for a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned them with glory and honor subjecting all things under their feet. Now in subjecting all things to them, God left nothing outside their control. As it is, we do not yet see everything in subjection to them, but we do see Yeshua for a little while while or for a little while was made lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by grace of God he might taste death for everyone. And I know I read Nine, but there was comma there. Can, can you read verse seven and eight again? You have made them for a little while made lower. Them? Made them. Talking about people. It said made them or him? Them. Really? You made it yeah. him lower? Because it says in the, it says him. It said, what is man that you remember him? Yeah, it's it would be the same. Yeah. What are yeah. human beings, or what is man? Yeah. It says you crowned him with glory. Both of them are accurate. Yeah. Anyways, just threw me off. I like how Paul does that, too. He says, but someone has testified somewhere, and then he goes on to quote a passage. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it says in such and such a place. It was somewhere in this text. I don't know. Somewhere. It's, it's, it, it was in there. <laughs> it was in there. I know I heard it. <laughs> I know I heard it. I know that it said that. I know Miss Marie's right. not here. No more. That reminds me of Miss Brenda all the time, though. She would say that. She's like, I know it's in there. I know it's I in there it. somewhere. <laughs> she's like, it's somewhere. And then one day we'll be reached like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, thank you everybody for coming. I'm going to stop the recording first. Yeah. Much love and shalom.